Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. screen there's just two words up there it simply says one thing that's what I'm talking about today everybody say one thing thing. everybody say one thing thing. turn to somebody shake their hand and say I'm going to help the pastor and I'm going to minister to you today God bless you. you may be seated amen Peter Drucker when speaking to a large crowd of people one day said other than the president of the United States the three most difficult jobs in America today are president of the United States the president uh, a bigger following uh, the president of the United States is the president of a large university, the administrator of a large hospital, and the pastor of a large church. Because there's people in all those areas that do not accept and do not receive the words that are spoken by the leadership. There are things that a lot of things that you could do this year. A lot of things you could do. Easter's behind us now, and we have been affected by the focus of one man. He came to the world for one reason, and for 33 and a half years, he knew his purpose. He knew the purpose of why he came. For this reason was I born. For this reason was I brought to this world. He knew the reason. Jesus Christ knew that he was coming to die for mankind. And the the feeding of the 5,000 and the raising of the dead and the healing of the lepers and doing the things that he did for mankind were not what he came for. Those were the addendums. Those were the sidelights of life. What he came for was to die for us. What he came for was to go to a cross for us. And last Sunday we talked about this man who was so single-focused and so single-purposed in his life that even one of his disciples said, Lord, we don't need to go there. And he looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. I'm going to Jerusalem. He was so focused. A lot of things that we could do this year, a lot of things you will do this year. But there is something that I think we all must do this year. There's one thing that you must do, and it could be a habit that you need to break. It could be a goal that you need to achieve or a project that you need to accomplish or something you need complete. It could be a relationship that you need to restore or perhaps a relationship that you need to end. It could be a debt, a debt that you need to retire. Many people hear about Dave Ramsey's theories, and they say, you know, I ought to go to those classes. I should do that, but I just don't have the time to do it. And so because of that, because of our fractured vision, many times nothing gets done. Your life and your future could be changed. If you looked at this list that I've just given you today, my list to you, I'm going to preach today from an Old Testament story that I think will have some impact on your life. It's about that one thing. Everybody say one thing. Some of these things are not church things. I'm not talking about necessarily church things. Some of them are not spiritual things. But it can impact your life with God and it can impact your life with others. There is a verse in the book of Nehemiah that got me years ago, and I call it simply a life verse. I really, really do. When I read the book of Daniel, I see courage come into my life. When I read the book of Ezekiel, I catch vision like I've never caught it. When I read the book of Isaiah, 
I have an anchor of hope that assures me. But when I read the book of Nehemiah, there is something there that blesses me called discipline, the discipline of life. If you're going to make it from the starting point to the finish line, you're going to have to have discipline in your life. You're going to have to have something called finishing power in your life. I love Nehemiah's attitude. I, I love his never-die spirit. And I got a grip. It got a grip on me a long time ago when I was just a young man and going through the heartaches of trying to establish this thing called ministry. This verse of doing for that period of time has been my word for every day of my life. Because Nehemiah just absolutely did it. He just absolutely accomplished it. I hope somehow that I connect with you today on that one thing in your world, that one thing that you need to do. Then you can look back with Nehemiah and say, look what happened because I focused on one thing in my life, one thing in my life. So let's talk a little bit here today. It's 444 B.C. and Artaxerxes I is the emperor of Persia, the empire called Shishan. Susa is the capital city, and Nehemiah is the cupbearer. He's literally the cupbearer of the king, and he is, he is there for one reason. He checks the poison in the king's wine, or if, see if there is poison in the wine before the king drinks it. He has to give of himself before the king drinks the wine himself. But he's also, because he's been there so long with Artaxerxes, he's also become a friend. And I think it's neat. I don't know, I don't know if Nehemiah had ever been in Israel or, or been in Jerusalem. I don't know if he had, but the Bible does not say so. But it has been over 100 years now that Jerusalem was destroyed. The people that came out of Jerusalem into Babylon had already gone back to Babylon now. And, 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 the, and the temple had been rebuilt, but the walls had not been built. And he hears about his city. It's a city of peace. And he goes to Artaxerxes and he says, O king, Things are bad back home. He said, I want to go back and bring leadership, and I want to bring organization. I want to bring hope to my people. Would you let me go back? How about some time off? And because he was a slave to the king, there was no such thing as vacations. But Artaxerxes looks at him and said, You won't have to go, Nehemiah, as a slave. I'm going to make you governor of Judea. I'm going to send you as governor. I'm going to promote you as governor. But there's one stipulation. You have to come back when you get finished. So Nehemiah heads to Jerusalem with building materials. He goes, and no one in Jerusalem, no one in Jerusalem when he approaches there had ever lived there with walls. Nobody there had ever been there with unburned gates. The city was an open cesspool to just anybody. Warlords, as it were, kept the city. They stole from the city. It became a stomping ground of every kind of ugliness that could walk through the city of God. All people came and went, and no one was saying in that city, God is with us. But all of a sudden, a man with vision and a man with discipline shows up. And he takes a day and a night, and he gets on a horse, and he rides around the city. It's about a two-and-a-half-mile journey around that city to look at it. And he said in his heart, if nothing else happens in my life I must get the walls built again here sometime in your life you have got to look at something in your life and say this one thing I do 
I may not be good at a lot of things, but there's one thing I'm going to get done. So he cast his vision. It was a huge vision. It was a massive vision. I want to remind you that there was not one miracle happened in all the 13 chapters of Nehemiah. It was not a miracle book. It was just a builder doing his job, getting leadership into the people. And he pulled the people together and he said to them, we must do something now. Here is the problem. Here is the solution. Here is the reason we need to do something and do that something now. We must begin to rebuild the walls of the city again right now. I know it sounds very simple and very plain and it doesn't have a lot of catches in it right yet. But in the surrounding areas around Jerusalem, people and cities grew very defensive. People got worried because somebody with a vision was going to wall up the city of God again. And a man named Sanballat arrives on the scene. I don't know if you need to name your kid that today or not. I don't know that, but it'd be a good dog name maybe. Come here, Sanballat. Come here. Come here, Tobiah. Come here, Geshem. Come here. Y'all you, 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 come here. Name that thing Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem. That's what you need to name your dog. That's three men that brought all kinds of hell to Nehemiah. And Sanballat had influence in the region. He really did. He, 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 he spies... He had spies that started rumors. He had people that came and armed forces that attacked the wall. And it got so tough building that wall again that Nehemiah had to put a sword in one hand of his builders and a trowel in the other hand of his builders because they had to fight while they built. They had to build while they fought. I think it's an amazing thing to understand the battle that this man ensued in his life and with his people because of one man not wanting that wall to ever be rebuilt again. Lots of problems, lots of struggles, lots of opposition. But the wall got complete. Do you hear me? The wall was finished. Do you hear me? The wall was finished. 52 days after Nehemiah started, a two and a half mile circumference, a 10 foot wide wall, 12 feet deep into the foundation, he finished that thing in 52 days. Do you believe when you get single focused in your life? Do you believe when you get something in your mind that says, this is not going to whip me anymore. I'm going to get on top of it. It's been on top of me too long. I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to get focused in my life and I'm going to be a winner in my desire of life. Say amen. So the wall was complete. Now they're about to build the gate. Oh, I feel like preaching. But Sanballat up the ante. Now all of a sudden he wasn't jumping on the builders. He was jumping on Nehemiah. It's always kill the king. It's always sack the quarterback. It's always get the general. It's always bring down the leader. And that's what our friend Rick Warren is going through today. He did three things to Nehemiah. To get Nehemiah away from the project. I want to go to chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2 and I want to read it to you today and let's look at it. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall. Hallelujah. And that there was no breach left therein. Folks, he did a job. Do you hear me? Somebody say amen. He did a job. He said, I built this wall and there was not a breach in it. 
though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Now watch this. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages and in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. There's always somebody that's going to be a detractor when you try to get focused in your life. There's always somebody that's going to step up and say, Hey, buddy, you don't have to do that. We want to meet with you at a coffee shop. And Ono was a place that was a plain in that part of the country. And evidently, it was a, a neat place to go. It was a wonderful meeting place. Perhaps generals had met there. Perhaps surrenders had been there. I don't know. But I do know one thing that Sanballat tried to distract Nehemiah. His first thing was to distract him. When you set your mind in order and say, this one thing I'm going to do in my life, I'm going to get focused in my life. When you set your mind in order, the first thing the enemy is going to want to do in your life is distract you. He wants to distract you. Sanballat writes him a letter, not one letter, not two letters, not three letters, but four letters, and gave him a fifth option. He said, I want you to come and meet with us. Just take a break, Nehemiah. You're working too hard. You don't, have, you don't have to set those gates up just yet. You're working too hard. Let's get together. Let's do lunch. Come on, just be lunch. Come on, come on down. Let's do something. You need to relax. A cup of coffee. Four times the messengers came. And Nehemiah questions, how does spending time with you help me what I'm doing on this wall? I want to say something right now. If you're going to, if you're going to live for God, there's some people you've got to say no to in your life. If you're going to complete this journey, there's some people you can't say yes to forever. You've got to say, no, not tonight. No, not tomorrow night. Well, what are you doing Wednesday? I'm going to church. What are you doing Friday? We're going to have a prayer meeting. What are you doing Sunday? I'm in the house of God. I just don't have time to meet with people trying to distract me from my focus of what God wants me to be in my life. Am I helping you a little? Every time they invited him, he sent the same response. And here's that powerful one-liner I want to preach to you. Here's the response. Verse 3, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Everybody say, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. I don't care if you're the assistant to the assistant to the assistant in Sunday school. Anything you're doing for God is greater than anything that you're doing for the enemy. I'm trying to get some people focused. You know what? Some of us have lost our focus in old-fashioned worship. Let me tell you, we worship worship. We faith faith. It's not about that. You need to have a worship time in your life that's between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need to get your faith off of somebody else's faith. You don't need to hear about somebody being healed of cancer and then you get excited. You need to get up every morning and say, I have faith in my God, not somebody else's God, not the preacher's God, but my God. Focus and finish what God has started in your life. 
Somebody help me right now. It could have been, you know, it could have been that if Nehemiah would have had a recorder at his house, a phone answering machine, it would say, I'm not here. I'm carrying on a great project right now. If this is Sand Ballot or any of your cronies, you're wasting your time. If it's anybody else, please leave a message after the beep. He didn't say I'd get back with you. <laughs> because there was something greater than anything else going on outside of his project in life. That project was what God had called him to do. Sometime, sometimes in your life, something in your life has to happen. You need to climb up on your wall and complete what God wants you to complete in your life. Because here's the significance of it, folks. If he'd have got distracted, had he come off the wall, you know what they'd have done? They'd have killed him. And there are things in my life that I don't, if I don't give them attention, they're going to ruin my life. If I don't take care of relationships in my life, it's going to kill me. If I don't take care of my finances, it's going to take me under. If I don't take care of my marriage, oh, I'm preaching right now, it's going to take me under. If I don't take care of my health challenges, it's going to take me under. Pastor, when I have problems, you know what I do? I just pray. I just really, really pray, and then I just let God. Let me tell you, sometimes you've got to get your ladder, and you've got to put it up on your wall and climb up that ladder and say, I ain't coming down until I get victory. I'm not stepping off this wall until God gives me power. I'm not going to walk away from this situation until I get the understanding that I'm going to finish what I started. Say amen to that today. You've got to have, you've got to have a get up and go. One old pastor said it best years ago, you can't help anybody without a body. It is not just spiritual things. You need your body to function. Here's what I want to tell you. I'm preaching today not about necessarily spiritual things. I'm preaching about physical things. If you're ever going to fulfill your purpose in life and be fulfilled in doing that purpose, you must be convinced that what you do is a great work because it is God's work. Have you ever recently just gone into the bedroom when your kids are asleep or your grandkids have come over and they're spending the night with you and you go in and just watch them breathe a little bit? We've done that recently. I had my grandboys with me the other night. We went and saw the cruise. Yeah. I'm going backwards in my movie watching. I'm watching Disney. We watched the crudes, and those boys came and spent the night with us. And early the next morning, I was up, and I walked in and just looked at those boys in their room. And I, I just said, you know what, God, I'm doing a great work here. Hmm. I can't come off the wall. My kids, my grandkids are special. They're precious. Have you ever looked at your teenagers and just looked at those kids and said, you know what, I'm doing a great work here. And I can't come off the wall. You men, you need to put that picture up of your wife in your office and your kids. You need to look at them every day and just kind of pet on that picture and say, hey, I'm doing a good work here, a great work here. And I'm not coming off this wall. And you ladies, you need to look at your husbands, however you look at them. I don't know. You. God bless our heart. And you, you can say, where would you be without me? And I understand that. But you need to say, I'm doing a great work here. And I can't come off this wall. You college kids, and I know we got kids upstairs that are in college, but some of you didn't go upstairs. Let me tell you something. You need to finish. That's right. You need to finish. 
You need to finish. We got too many people starting and not enough people finishing. We got too many people saying, I can, I will. And they get halfway through the race and they don't finish. Somebody needs to tell Sand Ballot, you're not going to distract me. I'm going to finish what I have started in my life. The second thing Sanballat did was he started a rumor on Nehemiah. He'll always try to distract you, then he'll start rumors on you. He sent men to King Artaxerxes with an open letter, and he said, Nehemiah's getting a little group here together. He's making himself king. You sent him as governor, but he's making himself king over Jerusalem, and he's trying to establish a kingdom that's going to rebel against you, Artaxerxes, and, and Persia. And Nehemiah, you need to get off that wall and go down and talk to Artaxerxes and tell him that's not happening. You need to go let him know that because they thought when he left that wall that Artaxerxes would hold him captive, not let him come back. But Nehemiah looked at him and he said, I'm doing a great work. And I will not come down. You can go ahead and start rumors on me. You can tell you that I'm getting high-headed. You can say I'm doing this. But there's some people in life that just need to understand that if you start this thing, you've got to finish this thing. It's about finishing. It's about finishing. I don't care if you're 80 years old today. You've got to finish. I don't care if you're 42 years old. You've been through three marriages. You've got to finish. I don't care if you've had bad relationships in your life. God wants you to climb the wall of relationship and establish good relationships the last part of your life. You've got to finish. I don't care if you're so deep in debt, you're so broke, you can't even pay attention. It does not matter. You've got to climb the wall and say, I'm going to get out of this situation in my life. I'm going to get out of this debt in my life. You've got to break it. You've got to break it. You've got to break it. And there's no miracles here. There's no, there's no laying on of hands here. It's just saying, I'm going to make up my mind that I'm not coming down until I finish what I started in my life. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Amen. My health, my health. I hadn't been feeling good. There's doctors in this house. There's doctors in this house. Oh, I believe in laying on of hands. But I also believe that you can't be ignorant and stay home and not find a physician. Well, that, that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> and then the third thing, they came to him and said, you know what you're doing, Nehemiah? You're hurting your people. That's what the devil just told me. You just hurt your people. You just hurt them. You need to come off this wall called finishing and quit hurting your people with this kind of preaching. I'm not going to quit preaching this way. Your people have commerce, Nehemiah. They have business deals, and they can't take advantage of the interest rates, and the Jewish people are losing interest because of you. You're closing up the wall, and you need to go to the temple. You need to come with me and cling to the altar because if a man went and clung to the altar, he couldn't be put to death until he had a fair trial, so they can't kill you if you come cling to the altar. And Nehemiah said, I am not coming down. I'm not coming down. I don't care the distractions. I don't care the rumors. I don't care how many people that get hurt because of the fact that I've got this uncanny ability to stay on the wall. I'm going to block out distractions. I'm going to block out deceit. I'm going to block out danger. There's nothing pulling me off this wall. There's no distractions. There's no rumors. There's no kings. There's no people. I got something written in my Bible I want to share with you. It says simply God wants you focused. The devil wants you finished. It's in my Bible right now. It's in my Bible right now. God wants you focused. 
The devil wants you finished. Somebody needs to get up on their feet this Monday morning and say, I'm going to get focused again. If Jesus Christ came and for 33 and a half years never lost his focus on the cross, I can keep my focus on being the best person I can be for the kingdom of God in my life. Come on, clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. I can be, I can be the person God wants me to be. It simply says it this way in Proverbs 14, 23. Hard work always pays off. Mere talk puts no bread on the table. And I love you, and I think you're wonderful people. But there's something a prayer line can't do. It's called getting up and getting focused. Jesus Christ went to the cross for us because of a single focus. I'm not coming off this. If you're the Christ, come off that cross. I'm not coming off this cross. I'm going to stay where I'm supposed to be until I finish. Winston Churchill had a woman that always gave him fits. Her name was Lady Astor. And one day, she'd come up to him. She said, Winston, I don't like your politics, and I don't like your mustache. He looked at her and said, Madam, I see no earthly reason why you should ever come in contact with either one. <laughs> There's some people not going to get what I'm preaching here today. They're going to say, the pastor was on me. He don't think I'm doing good. No, 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 no. I think you need to do better. I think we need to quit being scattered in our focus and get focused on what God wants us to have in our lives. I think some of you are entrepreneurs that just waiting on somebody to preach like I'm preaching today. I think some of you are business starters. It may be donut, a donut house. It may be making donut middles. I don't know, donut holes and making them great. I don't know what it is. But God don't want you to go through life just always saying, God, what's next for me? What do I do next? What do I do next? Somewhere in your life, you've got to put a ladder against a wall. And you've got to say, I'm going to climb up on this thing called debt and I'm not coming down until that debt is decreased. I'm going to climb up on this wall called relationships and I'm not coming down. I'm going to climb up on this wall called finishing and I'm not coming down. I'm going to climb up on this wall saying I'm going to complete something in my life and I'm not coming down. I am not going to be defeated by the Sanballats of life. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? When he put those gates up, the enemies lost their confidence. Because Nehemiah would not surrender, because he would not stop, the enemies lost their confidence to go against him. They wouldn't even raise a hand against him. There was no supernatural in that book. There was no miracle here, but something needed to be done. And at the end of the day, everybody understood, and even the enemies knew something happened, and God helped somebody. Here's what I want to tell you. If I take care of my character, God will take care of my reputation. And I believe with all my heart there's some things physically in our lives that are holding some of us back spiritually. Last Sunday, last Sunday, I witnessed an overflow of people in this house. Massive overflow of people in this house. And it let me know that these people do not dislike Christian Life Church. They love Christian Life Church. But the problem is their focus has been shaded. And their focus is gone. And finishing is not in the, in the equation for them any longer. 
And so they allow things to get between them and what God wants for them in the house of God. They allow things to get between them and what God wants for them in their life physically. They allow things to get between them and what God really wants in their purpose and in their destiny. And here's what I'm telling you, folks. You that showed up today, I knew that I was going to preach to you today because I want you to get the focus in your life that God wants in your life to complete what he started because he that's begun a good work is able to complete that that he has started in your life. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, for the next few minutes, I may make you a little mad because I'm going to go, you. I'm going to prod you. We're all about grace here. I love you. I want you to do good. I want you to be the best you can be. But you need what I'm about to say. You know what you need to do in your life right now. You know what you need to do. Because Calvary's liberated you. And God wants better for you than some of the things that you're allowing in your life right now. Things like habits. Let's talk about habits. Let's just talk about habits. There's some people that would probably preach the gospel if they could ever get victory over some of these atrocious habits. Paul said, all things are expedient, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. And I will not be brought under the power of any of them. I want to talk to you about habits here today. Boy, it's quiet right now. Let me tell you something. Alcohol is no good for you. Alcohol will damage you. Physically, morally, it'll damage homes. It'll damage lives. I may not have anybody left next Sunday after this message right now. But I've never heard anybody walk into me and say, Pastor, my world was going upside down and I started drinking big time and everything got right. It never happens that way. But I've had a lot of people come in my office the last 23 years and say, Pastor, you know what? I had a great job. I had a great life. And all of a sudden, I became a victim. I, became, I got sick on this thing called alcohol. Let me tell you something. You need to climb up on a wall somewhere. Some of you are in prescription drugs, and you don't think that's a problem because you're not buying them from a kid in an alley. But I'm going to tell you some prescription drugs also demoralize you to a point where you can't function like you ought to function. And you live week to week and you live day by day. And I believe that God wants you to step up to the ladder, climb on the wall and say, I'm not going to do that any longer. I'm not going to do it any longer. Amen. Please sit down because you folks that are standing up, there's only four that's with me. I saw a commercial the other day on smoking. Boy, it broke my heart. Woman had a trach. And every time she breathed, sucked in air, it sucked in, and when she talked, it blew out. She said, I wish I had never smoked in my life. I'm not talking about spiritual things today. I'm talking about just doing the right thing. Just being the right person that you need to be in your life. Habits will take you out early. Please stay with me. Don't, don't leave me. There are folks that need to climb up on the wall of debt. 
Some of you guys need to move in with mama or something so you can get your act together. <laughs> you, just, you just credit card yourself silly. Well, I don't know what's got into me this week, but I'm preaching right now. You just, you just put yourself in a bind. You put yourself in a bind and so you can't tithe and you can't give and you don't even have enough money to come to church because you're in such a debt, that mountain of debt. And you move in and with this person and move in with that person. You can't get rid of your debt. Somebody needs to help you manage your finances. You need some help in your life. But the first thing you've got to do is climb that ladder and get on that wall and say, I'm not coming down because I'm doing a great thing. I'm retiring a debt. I'm retiring something in my life that is holding me back from being the person that I need to be in life. And I am a slave to this thing called debt. Debt is my Lord. Debt is my master. And I refuse to let debt be my master anymore. I think some of you need to stand on your feet after a while when we have an altar peel and say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going to dedicate today that in the next two years I'm getting myself out of debt. I'm going to get myself out of debt so my family can move forward. I'm tired of looking up every month. I'm ready to look down at some things in my life. Can I preach to you this morning? Is it all right to preach to you? Well, don't tell the second service what I'm preaching on. They won't come. <laughs> this relational thing. Some of you, this relational thing. Some of you men say, you know what, Pastor? I, I just can't cry. I'm a man. And when you're saying it, the tears are right here. They're moving up. Because when you walk away, you're going to weep and cry because it's all right for a man to cry. It's all right for a man to tell his family, I've made mistakes. Sometimes when marriages are on the rocks, you don't need a spiritual fix. You need a determined fix. You need to climb the wall and say, I'm not coming down because I'm doing a great work. We have started date nights here at the church. We have started all kinds of helps to help you love your wife more and help you love your husband more. And 25 couples showed up Friday night, and I'm so grateful that couples are showing up and having date night and getting a little kissy-kissy on Friday night. That's awesome. <laughs> but I will tell you, hell wants to fracture your family. Hell wants to demoralize your family. Hell wants to distract you from being a father and a mother. You need to be in that family. Or maybe a relationship you don't need to be in. Maybe it's something you need to say goodbye to. And you're afraid if you say goodbye to it, no, nobody else will ever ask you out. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead and say goodbye because you've said goodbye before. Say goodbye if it's hurting you, if it's bothering you from living for God. Say goodbye to that relationship. You don't need that in your life any longer. Say goodbye to it. Just say, you know what? I'm going to wave goodbye. Dear John, I brought your saddle home. Go on. <laughs> I'm not coming down because I'm doing a great work. There are also some people that need to climb the wall called positive. Some of you have dug the rut of negative. Ooh, I'm working you all over today. Forgive me. You need to climb that wall of positive and say, you know what? I'm not coming down till I can start seeing things good, talking good, 
speaking right, living right, doing right, and being right in my life. I'm tired of negative, neg negating everything that comes by me. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to start living a positive life again. And you know what? The only one that can change that is you. You see, all I'm doing today is trying to get something in your mind, but you've got to change yourself. Nehemiah taught me something. I'm on a wall. I'm doing a great work. And I cannot, I will not come down. I have preached in places before, churches before, as a pastor before. And I'm closing. Help me, Randy. When I knew that what I was preaching was not being accepted, I had, I had a thought one time in Dallas about just being clean people, just, you know, just washing every now and then, just taking a bath. But some people didn't buy into that theory. So they started a big upheaval in the church. It's all right. Is it all right for people that stink to come? I'm not saying it's wrong for people that stink to come to church. I'm just saying that water's cheap and soap's real cheap. <laughs> and that's all I'm doing today is just trying to help somebody. But if we don't preach spiritual, my God, I didn't get anything today. I didn't. You need to get on that relationship wall. You need to get on that habit wall. You need to get on that debt wall. Oh, I'm preaching right now. You need to get on that positive attitude wall and say, I can, I can, I can, I can be the mom I need to be even without a father. I can be the dad I need to be even without a wife. I can be the person I need to be even without friends. I can be. I can do something in my life positive and right and wholesome. And I want to tell you, if you're that close to getting that degree, finish. Finish. Just go ahead and finish. Get it done. Get it done. Nike says, just do it. Get it done. Just finish. When I look back at the cross, wow. and you might want to put it down in your notes one day it's always right to do right it's never wrong to do right and it's never right to do wrong that's what I want to leave with you because right is always right principles are always right the principles of God always work finish, finish, finish my son-in-law's not in here today one of them, Brad, he's doing with his, with his young people I walked into church yesterday to do my prayer time before today and 
It's an awesome, awesome time for me. It's a Friday afternoon when everybody's gone. And Saturday when I'm by myself, it's one of the times. So if you come by and you see my car, don't knock on the door. Because it's not about you then, it's about me and the Lord. I love my private time with God. But I walked in the office and I saw my son-in-law in there on the computer and he's working, he's working hard. Because something got a hold of him. He climbed up that wall. He prodded himself and he climbed up that wall and said, I've got my college education, but I, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to learn more. I'm going to get my master's degree. And so online, online, he's working on his master's. And I said, son, when are you going to get through with that? He said, dad, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. What week you in? Three. How many more you got? Five this semester. How much more you got after that? A little bit. And he said, I'm going to finish. blesses me that means my kids my grandkids are going to have a daddy that's smart that knows how to be a daddy he won't he won't be a dad that hadn't tried my, my daughters won't be daughters that haven't tried it's just so neat it's just so neat to see people Attempted to achieve in life. Are you with me? Are you with me? Some of you elderly people, Pastor, you've kind of missed me today. No, I really haven't because, because I want to talk to you just a little bit right now. Your, your, your days are not finished either. You're not finished. Orville Monroe comes to church every Sunday. And he's one of the greatest prayer warriors I've ever known in my life. And he tells me, so I'll pray for you one time a day all day long. That's, a, that's an elder. Elders are the kind of people that can look at young people and say, do what the pastor said today. Finish, finish, finish. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. It demands so much more today than it's ever demanded in our lives. Get your life complete. Get your life complete. Finish. Climb the wall. Stand to your feet. You're awesome. I love you very much. I love you very much. I love you very much. Bow your heads just a moment. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Amen. No. This isn't a miraculous message today. This isn't about healing of the sick and raising the dead. This is about climbing a wall and saying, I'm going to finish. I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to complete. I'm going to get focused in my life. I want you to raise your hands all over the house. I want you to raise your hands all over the house. I'm not looking. I just want you to raise your hands. And I want you to say, Lord, the pastor has talked to me today and I have one thing that's been bugging me and bothering me and he hit me today with the word of the Lord and I'm going to climb up on my wall and I'm not going to come down because I'm going to do a great thing I'm going to do a great thing and whatever your thing is is your thing it's not my thing it's your thing but there's things in my life that are more spiritually in tune than it is perhaps in your life. I'm talking physical things in your life, not just spiritual things. But God Almighty wants to help you complete what you have started in your walk with Him. Amen. Raise your hands. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, I pray for these people right now. 
God, I pray. I, I planted something in their heart today. I planted something in their spirit today. I planted something in their soul today, God. I planted it. And Lord, I, I know that distractions are going to come and rumors are going to come and, and people are going to say because somebody's coming to the altar that they are that they are in need. No, 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 God. No, no, no. Don't let anybody stop us from doing what you want us to do in our life. God, complete what you have started. Complete what you have started in our life. Let us be what you want us to be in our lives today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, let me have better relationships. Let me have better, better situations, God, that I can work in in my life. Let my job factor be better. Oh, God, let my family factor be better. Lord, let things in my life get better and better and better and better until I understand that I have completed what you have started in my life. Lord, in Jesus' name. Step out in the aisle right now. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. If you want to come down, let me bless you today in the name of the Lord. I want you to come right now. Whatever you feel right now, I'll pray for you. I'll bless you. In the name of the Lord, the Jesus And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.